Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And we've had some pretty interesting guests on TIJ, but our guest today might be one of the most interesting. Her name is Elizabeth April, and she has some unique abilities that have resulted in some pretty incredible experiences. She was abducted by aliens while in college. She still regularly speaks with them. She's done past live regressions into her own many existences and shares some of the events and teachings of her past live trips. She's also been able to experience past lives of others surrounding her it's very very interesting she's been seeing and communing with ghosts and spirits almost uh, before she could talk uh, her other abilities include astral projection which enabled her to take a trip to the center of the universe telepathy lucid dreaming and remote viewing she shares stories from her experiences and explains how everyone on earth can tap into these same abilities she talks about what she's learned what she continues to learn and why it's so important for humanity that she shares her teachings she discusses alien and human hybrid DNA, what we are all being prepared for, and why she is not afraid, and we shouldn't be either. Fascinating conversation. If you want to know more about listening to this, check out Elizabeth's website at elizabethapril.com, elizabethapril.com. All right, strap yourselves in. Here we go. The interdimensional world of Elizabeth April, starting right now on Talk is Jericho. We're always looking for interesting stories and tales and life experiences here on Talk is Jericho. And this is one of the most interesting ones that I've uh, heard of in a while. Elizabeth April is here. Amongst many other things, uh, you have been abducted by aliens and still keep in contact with them to this day. Yeah. Uh, What a great (laughs) icebreaker that is. (laughs) Totally. If you really want to start the you know, get the weirdos going in the room. I mean, it's, let's just uh, dive right in, you know? But I mean, this is something that once again, there's a, there's a whole backstory behind this for you, which is also very interesting involving regression and and past lives and so many other things. So obviously your whole life, you have felt that you have been here before and you have, I don't know if forces is the proper word, but other experiences that a lot of people haven't either had or come to grips with. Yeah. So, you know, in this lifetime, I was born with something called extrasensory abilities, which essentially just mean kind of like you're an empath. You feel other people's emotions. I was also able to kind of see energies around people. So chakras, auras, those kind of things, tap into ghosts and spirits from a very young age. I do 
feel like these kids these days are really being born with all of this stuff. So it doesn't take a 10th generational psychic anymore. I really feel like we're just kind of getting into more and more of this consciousness, more of this sort of energy reality rather than just the material physical reality. And so that's kind of how I started uh, in this lifetime. At around the age of 10, I was the weird kid in school. Um, I realized I was different than maybe other kids when I did go into school. And I just wanted to fit in. So I looked around the classroom and I said, well, what are all the popular kids doing? What, you know, how are they fitting in? And it was sports. So I decided to shut down all of my metaphysical connections and just go into sports because that's kind of where all of the other kids were being accepted. So talk about going from very non-physical to extremely physical. And I'm sure you know that that world. <laughs> and then I lost a part of myself. You know, I, I lost this, this connection. And I also kind of lost my purpose. And so around the age of 14, 15, 16 years old, I started to question things. You know, who are we? What are we doing here? What's the purpose of all of this? And where are we going? Because in my mind, if going to school, getting into a bunch of debt, and then landing a nine to five, if that's the win in this lifetime, count me out because that was kind of my nightmare. And so finally, after talking to therapists and counselors and parents of my friends in high school, to really ask these big questions, even a priest, you're the authority figure. What's the meaning of life? What are we doing here? And every single time I was just met with blank stares and disappointing answers. So I was 16 and my dad actually said, hey, you know, I used to do this thing called past life regression. Would you be interested in getting something like this? I was definitely open-minded. I said, I'll do anything at this point to figure out life. And in about an hour and a half, uh, we explored five different lifetimes. And I was different genders. I was different races. I was different uh, cultures. I spoke different languages all over the world. But I always had this access to this non-physical connection, whether it be being a shaman or a philosopher or a healer. And I knew that in this lifetime, that was once again my purpose to help other people explore this other realm and get beyond the limitations of this physical reality. So two years later, I went away to university. I ended up taking my dad's regression notes, his past life regression kind of format, and that's how I made friends in university. I would ask the kids in my class, hey, do you believe that you've lived before? And most mm. of them would say, no, you're weird. <laughs> but the ones who were curious, I would take them into this regression. And I started to understand that we've all lived a multitude of different lifetimes. And not only that, but we all have access to these different lifetimes, the lessons, the challenges, the karma, you know, especially. And then I also realized that time is really kind of an illusion. It doesn't exist in this linear fashion that we've been taught in school. It exists in a very nonlinear fashion. And we can tap into that as well. And all it takes is a deep state of relaxation or trance. Um, at a certain point in time, I realized that not everyone was able to be regressed in the way that they just had too much attachment to their current reality. So I asked myself, is it possible for me to regress myself into a trance-like state and tap into their past lifetimes myself? And I was able to do this. 
And I was seeing all these flashes and images and lifetimes and experiences and deaths and rebirths. And, and I was able to kind of put these human pieces of the puzzle together and, and take a look at ancient human history and, and those kind of things as well. But aliens was never on the table. I never wanted to get into aliens. I never believed in aliens. I never even thought about aliens. I figured something's got to be out there, right? Because it, we would be so egocentric to think that we're the only intelligent life out there in the universe. Of course. But who cares, really? Like, they're not affecting me. They're not here. And why would they even bother with us if they were here? Well, before we get in, into that, though, Liz, you've, you've, you've touched on, like, so many subjects here that I, I have to ask you some other questions. First of all, yeah. where are you from? Where, where was all this? Where'd you grow up? So I grew up in Ontario, Canada. Oh. Um, so just outside of Toronto. I'm from Winnipeg. Oh, cool. Another Canadian. <laughs> Canadian. Eh? Hey, there you go. There's the connection. What are you talking about? So just explain to people that might not know what regression is. And I also want to hear about, you said you had five different lifetimes. Yeah. I want to hear about those. But first, let's touch up upon the, the topic of regression itself. Yeah, absolutely. So hypnotherapy is pretty much the same as regression. Now, I'm not not trained in any sort of way. I just kind of like got thrown into it, taught myself, which is so irresponsible of me to do back in the day. But from my understanding of regression, it's essentially taking your mind and putting it into the most relaxed state you could possibly be in so that all of a sudden, everything in your day, everything in your week, all of your stressors, all of your attachments, all of your labels and identifiers, they just kind of seem to melt away. And when you get into this place where none of this exists and you're in that deep state, it really only takes a question, an intention, or a guide like a regressionist to kind of take you to different lifetimes. And then I would explore that lifetime with that individual, but mostly we would want to explore the most significant past lifetimes in order to clear any trauma because we do carry a lot of energetic trauma with us and then we end up repeating the same lessons over and over again in this lifetime. So a lot of our repeating issues, habit patterns, attachments, even addictions uh, can really be traced back to past life trauma. So it has a huge profound healing effect on someone when they understand that this isn't their only lifetime and it's not their first time experiencing this challenge. And to really realize that we have the inner tools to heal those aspects. So that's essentially what regression is. Taking yourself away from the present moment and the distractions through a series of relaxation techniques to get into a place where you can go back in time or even forward in time to experience different aspects of your soul. So it's a form of hypnosis, essentially? Exactly. Yep. Gotcha. So you mentioned what were some of the lives that you discover that you had led? Yeah. Oh, so many. So uh, <laughs> in one of my lifetimes, I was a yogi and you would think, you know, the yoga poses or whatever, but this was so different than that. I was this like little Indian man and I was this yogi. And, and for the most part, I was breatharian, I think it's called, which is I didn't eat anything. I just kind of subsisted off of uh, water and the sunlight and in that state of being, I got my vibration to a point where I was able to seriously defy the laws of physics. It was the craziest thing. So I'd be sitting there in meditation and I would start to actually levitate. And as I'm levitating, I was able to, this is so bizarre, but push the air 
and actually move myself backwards. Like there was no friction, no gravity, none of that. Wow. And I experienced that back when I was 18, when I first stepped into regression, because I started just regressing myself into some of my most significant past lifetimes. And I started to understand what is possible even on this planet, which is pretty expansive when you really think about it. So that was one of my lifetimes. There was another lifetime where I was an ancient Mayan I don't know if the priest or shaman would be the right word, but some sort of spiritual leader in ancient Mayan times. And I was, I would kind of exist and live at the top of this flat topped pyramid. And I remember there was this one like most significant scene that always stands out to me. And it was nighttime, but we had some things lit around the pyramid. And I walked into this room, this room, like a stone room at the top of this flat topped pyramid. And there was this group of other men who were all sitting in a circle, and there was a spot for me. It was like I was the last one to come in. And as I sat down, I look up, and there's actually this giant rectangle that's cut out of the roof, so you could see right to the stars. And it's so wild, because I just didn't know that this was even possible. Like My perception couldn't even comprehend this. But essentially, the second I sat down and closed my eyes, I went out of my body And I joined my, I guess, astral body with all of the other astral bodies of the individuals who were in the circle. And together as one unit, we basically shot into the center of the universe. It it really did feel like some sort of plant medicine experience, but I don't think plant medicine was even involved. Like I really think that we were just able to do that. And I just remember I wasn't able to comprehend what I was seeing when I went to the center of the universe back then when I saw this lifetime. But I just remember bawling my eyes out, feeling the most divine connection to pure source frequency and and knowing that that is pure unconditional love. And that's a place that not only do I want to get back to, but I want to really teach about that we can all have access to these, these aspects without plant medicine. You know, I really think that we have these gateways within ourselves. And that comes down to the pineal gland and dimethyltryptamine and all of these natural mechanisms that we're literally born with to get us to those places. Well, and that's the thing you talk about the DMT, which is, mm-hmm. what is that the scientific name for? Di- dimethyltryptamine. Yeah. So I know some very close friends of mine who are really interested in that and said that it has kind of changed the whole outlook on life in that none of this means anything. It's all about love and basically what you just said, mm-hmm. but with the, yeah. the plant-based medicine or whatever the hell it is, you're saying you can achieve the same thing just from regression. Absolutely. And not even regression. I mean, deep states of meditation will all allow you to naturally release DMT in your pineal gland. And this is what I've been kind of able to do in this lifetime. I've naturally released a DMT now three times And it's a really, really wild experience. And we also have to realize that our brain and pineal gland regulates the amount of DMT. So we we always are connected to DMT. I mean, it's always naturally occurring in our brain. But there are moments where we can get to where we release massive amounts of DMT and we essentially get shot out of our body. But this is what I want to remind people, you know, plant medicine is great. There's I have nothing against plant medicine. But we have to realize that they're only stepping stones along our journey. They're not the end of the road. They shouldn't always be the gateway for us 
to those other realms. I really, truly believe we, we all have access to these other realms within us. And I also believe, I just want to say for the record, I believe that we're all psychic. We're, we're all clairvoyant. We all have these innate connections, whether you remember being born with them or not, they are deeply embedded within our being. So interesting in, in so many different ways. So, I mean, it's, it really is kind of like, I'm laughing because you're talking about coming from, you know, Ontario, the Toronto area. What part, of, what part of Ontario is it? Kitchener Waterloo is where I was born. So being, you know, in high school in Kitchener Waterloo and being so psychologically advanced, I mean, they must have thought you were the definite freak of the week, but yet you look like a prom queen. And that's, that's like not a, <laughs> like, it's like such a dichotomy. Like, totally. What kind of reactions did you get when you were, like, you mentioned you turned to sports, but prior to that, were you telling people, like, I can do this? And were they like, far out or she's crazy or she's a witch or, or we love her or what was the reactions you know in elementary school i would go over to my friend's house at say eight years old and i'd be like oh it's so nice that your grandpa is visiting you and she'd be like oh well my grandpa passed away four years ago wow. and i just like seeing him walking around the house right and so same thing like i just didn't realize that that other people couldn't see or experience what i was experiencing um, for example, I was raised Catholic. So when I was six years old, I told my dad, I said, Hey, dad, you know, I'm, I'm talking to God. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm talking to God, but the Bible church, they have it all wrong. <laughs> and uh, my dad's like, Oh, really? You know, what's, what's wrong about the Bible and, and the church? And I said, well, I'm talking to God and God's a female, but the Bible tells us that God's a man. So they have it all wrong. And I love the audacity that I had at six years old to say, my experience is the, the correct experience, you know. <laughs> Later on, I, I found out that I was really just telepathically communicating with one of my spirit guides who happened to be a Pleiadian female being, an interdimensional. And I, I think that this is kind of how religions got off track, is they had some sort of experience, whether you want to call it paranormal or spiritual or metaphysical experience, they didn't know how to define it or term it, and God was born. The angels come down from the sky, you know, this, this greater being is talking to me. Uh, how do we know it wasn't aliens? How do we know, you know, <laughs> it wasn't anything paranormal, right? And so right. I just love how I mixed that up at six years old. And I, I'm curious about, you know, how religions got created back in the day. And, and maybe that was a part of it. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. We can kind of delve into a little bit of, of, of you mentioned the alien abduction and all that stuff. So I'm assuming, and you can fill me in, that the alien abduction or abductions, whichever one it was, you'll explain it, was a result of you having these extrasensory powers of understanding regression or was were they tied together you know what i would say no so 
when I was 18, at a certain point in time, when I went off to university, I was finally free, living on my own, and all of my abilities came back. I started lucid dreaming, uh, remote viewing, telepathy came back. I mean, all of these things, seeing auras and energies and ghosts and spirits, all of the things, which is awesome and a little bit overwhelming. So in one of my past lifetimes, I practiced a uh, meditation technique called Vipassana. And when I looked it up on Google, it turns out there was actually a Vipassana center two hours away from a university in Hamilton, Ontario. And mm -hmm. I think it was in Egbert, Ontario. It was like tiny little town. And so I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I did this so many hundreds of years ago. I would love to do this again. So I went, you know, took a bus, went into this meditation community, which definitely look like a cult um, in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere. And it's a silent meditation retreat. So on the second night of the silent meditation retreat is actually where I ended up getting abducted by interdimensional beings. And before that, I, I, I had awakened or reawakened to my abilities, but I don't think really that had anything to do with getting abducted. To be honest, I think it was just kind of a time and place thing. I don't think I was the special one chosen. I think I was just kind of experimented on. Mm -hmm. It was a very, very quick abduction. And it was super fear-based. I'd never even thought about aliens before having that experience. So it freaked me out. <laughs> so how, how were you abducted? Is it like, were you driving down a country road or like, tell us what happened? So second night of the meditation retreat, I was in my room. It was roughly around 3 a.m. And I know that because when they put me back into my bed, I turned on my cell phone, which I wasn't allowed to have, but I kind of snuck in anyway. And it was like 3.30. So I think the whole experience was maybe about 15, 20 minutes, probably oh, wow. at most. And so I remember waking up and there's this giant head that's hanging over me. You know how, you know, you're you're traveling and it's like the first or second night at a new place and you wake up in the middle and you don't know where you are. So I thought I was still at home in bed. So I thought it was my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, oh, Cody, like, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm being taken out of my bed. I'm unable to say anything. I'm unable to move, but I can open my eyes. I can blink my eyes and I can look all around. So it was, it was more so a visual thing. I'm literally being dragged out of my bed by three tall white beings. Uh, there was one on my left foot, uh, one on my left arm, and one on my right arm. And I remember specifically because I went to bed with two pink socks on my feet. And when they were taking me from my room, I only had one pink sock on my foot. And I thought to myself, oh, the other one must have fallen off, you know, while I was sleeping. And I remember seeing my right leg dangling right as they're taking me. So they took me from my bed. They took me out into the hallway. The only part that I don't remember is how the hell we got from the hallway up to their ship. Like, you know, you would think if you get beamed up or something, you're like watching yourself floating up or like floating through the ceiling or something. Yeah. It wasn't like that. It was like in the next moment, I'm sitting in this metal chair. There's about six of these all same looking tall white beings in front of me, quite humanoid. They had two legs two arms, I think about four fingers on each hand. They did have hair, but it was white and like super scraggly. And then they had very small eyes, but I couldn't really define the facial features too, too much. And it was like they were all watching me. And, and I also want to mention that their skin was so white, it almost looked like thin and transparent. Like that's kind of how white it was. Hmm. 
And then there was this other being off to the right hand side of me. And he kind of felt like maybe a doctor. He felt like he was the one kind of doing the procedure. And then to the right of me, I could see in my periphery that there was this machine and it looked like a metal box, like almost like a metal cube. And then coming out of the front of the box was a metal cylinder type thing. And I could see the cylinder coming to from the right hand side and getting closer and closer to me and it would get smaller and smaller until it went into my ear. Now I didn't know that it went like I couldn't feel anything, but I had this sense immediately they're putting something in my ear and I don't know what it is. And then literally just like that, I was back in my bed and I couldn't move. I was kind of like that like sleep paralysis type state for probably 10, 15 minutes. And then that's when I got up. I checked my phone. I also started Googling abductions in Egbert, Ontario. Obviously nothing came up, but I did go over to my right ear and it was bleeding. It was a little bit of blood, but for me, that was the tangible proof that I needed that, damn, something did happen. And actually the next day I ended up stealing a butter knife, which is so useless from the uh, pantry. And I just thought I didn't want to hurt them. But I felt like if they were to come back the next night, I would be ready. And like, maybe if I could just cut them and get some like green alien blood and take it to a laboratory, like (laughs) something, you know, something. Right. And I think it's super ironic that they abducted or they're probably like abducting people at this silent meditation retreat. Because it's silent. You can't talk about it. I so badly wanted to talk to the leaders of this retreat. And oh, say, I see. You're not allowed to talk the whole time. Gotcha. You couldn't talk the whole time, right? For 10 days. <laughs> wow. So yeah, perfect place to abduct. And I also know I when I did a little bit of research on the town, there was a military base about five miles down the road. That was also a pretty good indication. It's a hot spot, you know, like abductions typically happen around military bases. I think that there's just more paranormal or UFO type activity around military bases. And it was just kind of wrong place, wrong time. But I do want to say that when I got back home for about two to three weeks after the experience, I felt like I was being watched. It was the weirdest feeling ever. Like I felt like almost five feet behind me there was a group of them just watching me. And I thought Hmm. that maybe I was paranoid or maybe I was kind of scarred from the experience. So I ended up seeking out a medical medium and I didn't really even know what a medical medium was, but essentially I think they like scan your energy and they figure out health problems. So I went to her and I said, look, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but I just want you to scan my energy and make sure that everything's good. And the second that she scans my energy, she's like, oh, you've got an implant in your right ear. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, I see there's something in your right ear. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, and that, I think for me, that was really the kicker of how real it was and also how vulnerable you feel. You feel really violated, you know? And so she said, don't worry, I'm going to deactivate it. And I'm like, okay, I really thought this woman was a kook because I'm like, because <laughs> I'm like, take it out. And so anyway, so she deactivates it or whatever. I was like, okay, cool. And she's like, okay, you're done. And it was over. And then I go back home and I had the weirdest ear drainage for about three or four days. She actually said that the, the chip itself was made of organic material, but it was also like intelligent. Like it was almost like a little mini computer chip but it was organic. So it wasn't going to be an issue anymore. So I had weird ear drainage. And then I 
immediately when I went home, I didn't feel like I was being followed or watched anymore. So I knew that I was like safe. Uh, I, it was just a feeling that kind of washed over me. So yeah, that was my, my first real conscious abduction experience with interdimensionals. And it wasn't great, but I realized now that I contracted that in order to have better understanding of other humans who feel really scared of aliens, who feel very violated by them and their own abduction experiences. And that gives me more empathy because for the most part, my experiences with ETs have been so profound, so positive, so consciousness shifting. I know I needed this first experience to be this way so I could help others through those experiences as well. I had a time displacement incident, geez, almost 30 years ago, where there's still a misplaced, you know, four hours of my life driving literally on a country road. So I need to go see somebody to see if they can deactivate my chip. But it's been 30 years, so probably it's uh, outdated at this point in time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got to update your software over there. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So you mentioned that that was your first experience with the aliens. So this is something that's an ongoing thing. There's been multiple uh, encounters. Yeah. So a couple of months after that abduction experience, I was greeted by a Pleiadian man in my bedroom, which is so bizarre. So I was hanging out with my friends in my student house at the time, and I was started to feel really lightheaded and really out of body. And so I knew that that was a moment where I needed to just kind of separate myself from the group and the social setting and and go kind of sit down and meditate. So I go over, I I excused myself from my friends and I said, hey, I'm just going to go lay down for a second. So I go into my bedroom, I sit on the bed and I close my eyes just to kind of bring myself back into my body. And the second I close my eyes, there's this seven foot tall really broad-shouldered man who's coming into the corner of my room. He's not physical. He's in like an astral body. And at that point, I'd been remote viewing and astral traveling. But what was really weird is I'd never really interacted with another astral being before. So I opened my eyes and he was gone. Closed my eyes and he was there. Opened my eyes, gone. So I'm just basically blinking at this interdimensional being trying to figure out (laughs) what the hell is going on. And so finally, I close my eyes, my third eyes open, and he talks to me and he says, you know, Elizabeth, I wanted to invite you to a meeting that we're having in two days time on December 21st. And he said, it's going to be 2 a.m. EST, your time zone, Eastern Standard Time. And he's like, you have to make sure that you're awake for this meeting. And I said, oh, my God, okay, cool. So that was kind of my second real you know, exposure and connection with, with interdimensional beings. And it turns out that that meeting was with an organization called the Galactic Federation of Light. And during that meeting, they talked all about this huge shift in consciousness that was about to happen. Now, 
December 21st, 2011, I was preparing for the apocalypse, right? Come 2012. So it was kind of divine alignment. And so, yeah, so they talked about, you know, this group of beings who volunteered themselves to come down here as human beings to help the shifts, to help help awaken. Uh, They talked about some of the dark agendas and the manipulation on planet Earth. So I kind of got this 101 course of the awakening from the Galactic Federation back then. And that was, what, 10, 11, 12 years ago now. So it's kind of been me unpacking who are these different beings, these different species? What are they doing here? What are all of their agendas? What's the point of this? Who are we as humanity? Why are they even bothering with with us? And what does this shift mean? And where are we going with this shift? And so I've been really just unpacking, exploring, getting curious and questioning everything along the way since then. And what have you found out from some of these questions that you've been asking? So essentially, if I'm going to rope it up into a nice little package, there's two big things. One, the whole point of incarnating as anything, as an animal, as a plant, as a human, as an interdimensional being, the whole point of incarnation is to essentially learn experiences, get challenged, grow, and move forward. So it's it's the journey. You know, we've heard this from many philosophers before, but it really is just being present and being on the journey and soaking in as much as possible, as much experience as possible. Um, so really, every incarnation is about learning new lessons and clearing old karma, old energy. And it's just like this perpetual cycle until we learn everything that there is to learn in the universe from all of the dimensions. And then we have a choice, right? You call it like a nirvana or enlightenment. But at the end of all of your incarnations in this universe, the choice is simple. You can either go back to source frequency and rejoin the oneness of this universe, um, just as kind of a a ball of light and love energy, I guess, a ball of everything. Mm -hmm. Or you can choose to break away from this universe and become your own source and start your own universe uh, in a conscious way. And I, I do believe that there are many universes out there in existence. So that's kind of the point of life itself. But specifically, one of my biggest questions is, there are an infinite amount of, well, there are billions, if not trillions of terrestrial planets out in the universe, third dimensional planets. So what makes us special? Why are all of these beings creating such a ruckus, spending all of their resources, time and energy on humans? I mean, I really look at us as like an ant-like species. We're just an anthill in the cosmos. So why are we special? Why are we important? And I'll kind of put it into a nutshell. Essentially, what I have seen, experienced, and then received from the Galactic Federation is that throughout humanity's history, throughout our evolution, there have been a multitude of different interdimensional beings and basically alien species who have mixed their DNA with our DNA. So that kind of leaves us at a place where we're actually hybrid beings. We're not just third dimensional beings on this kind of rock floating through space, we have what what I believe is some of the highest vibrational DNA of the universe, and we have some of the lowest vibrational DNA of the universe. And I'll name a couple of species that we have within us, Anunnaki, the Greys, the Pleiadians, the Angels, and the Reptilians. Um, Those are kind of the, the main five. And then we, I believe we have around 20 different beings who have kind of spliced their DNA with us. But those are kind of the main big ones. Hmm. And so in that way, 
human beings are really, really powerful, but we've been really manipulated this whole time to only access this very small percentage of the lowest vibration. Some scientists call it reptilian brain. Some call it the fight or flight frequency, right? And so in this survival mindset, fear is our driver. So what we're doing is we're actually unlocking and activating that aspect of our DNA. What I believe is as we shift into a higher vibration, we have the opportunity to unlock all of these other aspects of eighth dimensional, 12th dimensional, you know, 10th dimensional DNA that's within us, which allow us to do things like levitate, you know, like access the cosmos, like unlock our pineal gland and DMT, you know, it really does give us those an insane amount of connection beyond just our five senses. And this is why I'm such a firm believer that everyone has access to this because the missing link in our evolution was then. It was interdimensional. So, you know, that's what science can't explain, not to mention science understanding that we only use 8% of our DNA and the other 90% is junk. Oh, don't worry about that stuff. It's just junk. Like, <laughs> no, I'd like to worry about it. What is it and where does it come from? And what does that allow us to do? That's kind of the, the overview of everything I've learned and pieced together throughout the years. And that's really only the tip of the iceberg of what's really going on around here. You say this stuff with such joy and such passion. It's, it's, it's very, uh, contagious. I'm <laughs> wanting to learn more about this, you know, but, but, but one thing that you said that, you know, we, and if people have delved into this subject, you hear about it all the time of, of the, the multiple DNAs here on earth, like you mentioned, cross, cross pollinating, and all that sort of thing. So if you're talking about reptilians and you're talking about the Akamanis, you're talking about the, 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 the all the different versions, are they all different species of aliens that have come through? Yeah, they're all different species. Um, and they all have their own agendas, which makes it a very complex sort of ongoings with planet Earth. But I do believe that ultimately it is up to human beings and humanity as a whole, as a collective, to make a choice. Do we choose love or fear? Um, that's really what it comes down to. And this is where you get things like glitches in the matrix or the Mandela effect or, you know, just time skipping and like things showing up and then seeing things disappearing. Like I, I'm a huge, huge believer in quantum physics as that's going to tell us even more about what's happening and even more about what's possible. And as quantum beings with a multitude of different DNA strands, we can tap into these finite aspects of this reality as well. So it, it, it's truly expansive, but it really only comes down to the simplistic choice of love or fear. And if you can live every moment of your day and every moment of your life choosing love, really, then you're on the right path. You know, you don't even have to know everything that's happening. It, it really just comes down to a choice of what you focus on is essentially what you feed. And, and that's also what you create in your own reality. And that's what you help to collectively create in humanity's reality. So we have to truly take responsibility for our own life and our own choices and our own vibration. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. 
Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So you mentioned the Mandela effect. We've discussed that here on, on Talk is Jericho before, just, just the whole phenomena of that. And that would also kind of tie in with, you mentioned the glitches in the Matrix. Is that kind of a similar phenomenon, I guess you'd say? Because the Mandela effect just blows your mind. And for people that might have forgotten, oh the, my God. these are things that you are convinced that have happened that everyone knows that have never happened. You know, Luke, I am your father, or, you know, we are the champions yeah. of the world. None of these things were ever actually said. What do you mean? He never says, Luke, your father. All right, Luke, I'm, no, he never says it. Yeah. But everybody thinks they know that. But so that's all tied in together, I would imagine. I have such a great example of the Mandela effect. Uh, many years ago, when I started to step into remote viewing and gaining access to information from other sources, I was fascinated with free will versus destiny, simultaneous time, going into the past, going into the future, then regressing people into interdimensional lifetimes. Like I really, I was so curious and hungry for all of it. And I was really fascinated with the Mandela effect and glitches in the matrix. And this is back when we first started hearing about it. And so I had a client uh, when I took one-on-one sessions and she called me up one day and she said, Elizabeth, I don't know what's happening, but I'm really freaked out right now. And I said, what? What is it? What's going on? Tell me. And she's like, well, you know how I'm having issues with my husband and you know how he just doesn't listen to me and we never get along and our communication is always off. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, last night, I guess they like watch TV in different rooms. She's like, last night, for whatever reason, we came into the kitchen And we got into this like four hour long conversation about our thoughts and our feelings and philosophies. And we just had this profound reconnection for the first time in like 10 years. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. So what's wrong? You know? And she's like, well, the weird thing is in the morning, we wake up and we drive to the grocery store together. And I turned to him and I said, you know, hey, do you remember that conversation? What a great conversation we had last night. And he turns to her and he's like, what do you mean? I was watching the game like I do every Friday night and you were up watching your soap operas or whatever you do up there. And she's like, no, no, no. We met in the kitchen and we had a four hour conversation. You don't remember that? So she calls me up the next day. So freaked out. Like, <laughs> Has my husband been replaced? What happened? And I didn't know. I had no idea. This is so bizarre to me. I didn't even think Mandela effect. Like that didn't even cross my mind. So I tapped into it energetically, and essentially what happened is the night before, they both got into a higher vibrational state of being. So they had they chose a timeline, essentially, that was in a higher vibration, and they had this beautiful, incredible reconnection. They both went to sleep, and in the morning, she woke up in that higher vibrational timeline. He woke up in the same old low vibrational timeline. He remembered the old timeline that still simultaneously took place the night before. And she remembered an alternate timeline. And she woke up in that same timeline. They woke up in different timelines. And this is 3D to 5D, the Mandela effect, glitches in the matrix, and whatever you want to call it. That was one of the most epic, straightforward examples of, of how crazy the Mandela effect can be. And we don't really think about the Mandela effect happening to us on an individual personal level. We think it's a collective thing, but I think it's only a collective thing because we got a lot of people remembering a lot of things. Whereas you just think to yourself, 
that's weird. And you move on with your day and you don't actually really ever get that validated that, yeah, something changed and you don't have any proof. So it's just a weird thing and you move on. That's why the Mandela effect is a collective, you know, thing that we're all experiencing because we have many people remembering the alternate timelines of these big collective things. But Mandela effect switches in timelines, glitches in the matrix, 3D to 5D switches happen all the time in our personal individual lives. Oscar Mayer still gets me the one. It's not Oscar Mayer's Oscar Mayer. It's like, that's impossible. It's M-E-Y-E-R. I remember the little kids saying that. That blows my mind. Yep. Yep. You mentioned a couple of things about dark intentions earlier on. What what are some of those examples of that that you've discovered? Oh my goodness, so many things. I don't know if it's from from the aliens or how you meant, yeah. Yeah, so many things. So like I really do believe in there's a lot of agendas that are taking place. We you could call it anything you want to call it. I call it the shadow government. I do believe that there's kind of an organization of low vibrational beings, humans, uh, whatever, who are running the show here on planet Earth, and they're manipulating us. They used to manipulate us through, say, kings and queens. Then they manipulated us through religion, or religion, and then kings and queens, and then politics, and, and, and now it's mass media. You know, this is how we're getting manipulated. Now, luckily, there's a lot of people who just don't watch the news anymore, which is fantastic. Yeah. And we seek out alternative sources of news and, and media and information. I still think there's dangers to that. There's one part of be educated, be aware of what's going on in the world, be aware that there are agendas taking place, but then always go back to your internal source of information. You know what resonates with you, you know what's aligned and what's not. And we individually always have access to the most profound pieces of information. So the more that we rely on external sources of information, the less we actually trust and tune in to our own internal source of information. That's what I try and always bring people back to is question everything and go back to your own internal compass, really. Um, and that takes a lot of dedication and focus and meditation and quieting the mind and quieting the distraction. But I would say beyond all of the agendas that are taking place and have taken place, the theme is always the same. Fear, 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 fear. It's always fear because fear will drive that fight or flight frequency. It will drive our survival mindset. It will take us away from projecting the most ideal path for us collectively and individually moving forward. We cannot create our own reality or take our power back if we're stuck in fear and limitation. So I was just wondering, with all the recent events in, in the world the last couple of years with lockdowns and pandemics and so much political unrest, you know, and Canada's still feeling the effects of it, did that tie into anything that you have learned from some of these other outside sources, shall we say? Absolutely. When 2020 happened, I was really excited. And that might sound really, really awful. Um, but the reason why I was excited is because for many years, so at least 10 years, 2010 to 2020, I have always felt that we need a really, we need something to happen on the planet that's going to affect every single person to get them out of their robotic nine to five being. Interesting. And, and this is what happened. People were forced to stay at home and they were forced to question what else could they do but expand their mind 
and think about things that they don't usually think about when they're stuck in the grind of the nine to five. So I was excited when 2020 happened, but ultimately we can all learn from this. And what we can learn from is how to find that unconditional love within ourselves. I even kind of made this realization the other day because in university, I went into politics. I really wanted to know where the power was being held on the planet. So global politics. I was so rah, 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 like anti-America, anti-Uncle Sam, anti-politics. Like I was so up in that conspiracy agenda, 4D sort of realm, like leading the charge on the rebellion, only to realize that this is kind of what the dark agendas want. They want us to fight this system because as we're fighting the system, we're actually feeding it. We're feeding it with anger. We're feeding it with rebellion. But the second that you step away from the system, you start to realize that there's a different path. We can exit out of the matrix in our own life, in our own reality, and create the reality that we want to live at the highest vibration. And then when sitting in that vibration, we can really create that for the rest of the planet. So it's really, it's not about fighting. It's about finding the highest vibration. That's exactly what they don't want. They want us to fight. They want us to feed it mm. because fighting means you're focusing on it. And what we focus on creates reality, which is also what quantum physics, the double slit experiment, the observer effect all also relate to is our consciousness creates the material world around us. So what do you want to focus on? What wolf do you want to feed, essentially? Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N dot com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I was looking at your website before and you, you, your calendar is just packed and you do so many seminars and you know all these different things that you're doing. Are you, are you helping the world with all of this uh, knowledge that you have? Yeah, I, I mean, I have such a passion, as you could probably tell, for giving as much information as possible. Yeah. One thing that I always say is take it or leave it. In almost every one of my videos, in my book, in my courses, all of the things is if this resonates with you, it's for you. If it doesn't resonate with you, then that's okay too. I'm not here to push an agenda. I'm not here to convince anyone. I'm just here to simply explain my own experiences and hope that it kind of shifts their mindset. Because I believe that knowledge will set you free in the way that, wow, this might be possible. And the second you open that door in your mind to what might even be possible is the second you open the door to having your own experiences. And it is having your own experiences that will always lock in that as truth for you. And that's why I have such a strong conviction about all of this is because I've had so many experiences. I don't even have the opportunity to deny what I've experienced at this point. So I've, I've got a book out there. I've got courses. I've got a membership. I've got, you know, free videos, free information, whatever I can do. I, I speak on stages all over the world. You know, I just try and, and give as much information as possible and, and hope that it helps people understand this reality a little bit more. Some of the stuff that you're talking about, it seems like if, you know, the powers that be knew you're out there talking about this, have you ever gotten any resistance at all? Like, hey, hey lady, 
Absolutely. Quiet, quiet down. Yeah. So when I was 18 and I started to step back into pretty much all of those abilities, especially remote viewing, the one of the first things I like to do is I went to go remote view a lot of military bases, which wasn't great. I got kicked out of a couple. <laughs> those are interesting stories. But I told my dad what I was doing. And he said, whoa, 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 you got to be careful because the government finds people like you, like they want people like you. And so I got so scared. I kept on doing what I was doing, but I didn't get out online for quite some time after that. because I was just so worried that I was going to be targeted. And then I realized that there's enough of us out there who were all saying the same thing, all speaking the same truth, that I'm just a drop in a bucket, essentially. However, I will say that my first ever speaking engagement, my first ever time getting this stuff out there to the public, I think I was 20, 21 years old. I had a website. And the night before I was speaking at 8am at this huge alien conference, it was Alien Con Toronto. And the night before my first ever lecture at 8am, my website went down. So I like frantically called up my developer and I said, oh my God, Andy, like, can you help me? Like my website's down and like, there's going to be people wanting to like sign in tomorrow, whatever, check it out. So he looks at it and he's like, I've never seen this before in my life. And he was like a super advanced developer. And he said that there was a virus that was put onto my website. And he said the virus was so smart that it, it had recreated itself like 50 times in the last 30 minutes. Wow. And he said, but the weirdest thing, and he took a screenshot of it, is that in and amongst all of the code for the virus, so the slashes and the dots and the weird letters and whatever, were three words. And he's like, I've never seen English words in code before in a virus. And I said, well, what is it? And he sends me the screenshot and it says, silence is golden. Wow. Luckily, he was able to get the website back up. But the oddest thing about that is the next morning I go to this conference. And before I even start my lecture, I tell the story of like last night, this weird thing happened. My website got shut down. There's these three words, whatever. But I'm here and I will not shut up. And I went, you know, I was like all like empowered. <laughs> and then when I got off of stage, there was like this group of people and they all wanted to talk. But there was this guy in like the group and he was like, almost like looking like he was having a seizure. And I was really concerned. Of course, it's an alien conference. So you're going to get some <laughs> interesting people. Yeah. And so I, I told him, I said, look, go have a seat and I'll talk to you after I talk to all of these people. And he's all like morphing and shifting and just doing these weird things. And so finally, I talked to everyone and I go sit down with him and I said, hey, like, are you okay? Like, you look like you were having some sort of spasms or something. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, but I'm a channeler and beings come through me to give messages. And I said, okay, like, <laughs> I was not used to that. So, <laughs> and he said, but, but I have a message for you. And I was like, okay, what is it? He's like, I know who shut down your website. And I said, okay, who? And he's like, it's the NSA. It was the NSA. And I'm like, Who, who's the NSA? Like, I had to Google it because I'm just this Canadian girl. Like, I don't know, a National Security Agency, I think, in America. Anyway, that was like this weird channel message that came through him. And that was like right at the start of my career. So I definitely think I'm on um, somebody's radar. But like I said, there's a lot happening in the world. I'm a drop in the bucket. There are, there are much bigger individuals than me who are making really incredible impacts. I don't, I've never really feared for my life too much. <laughs> <laughs> Last few questions for you. So what is your end game in all of this? Like, what, what do you want to accomplish with these abilities that you have? 
essentially, I want to help everyone else in the world have the experiences that I'm having. If I could help people unlock their own DNA, awaken to the infinite possibilities, and have access to in- the information that I have access to, that would be my my greatest gift. I want to teach teachers. I don't want to teach students. You know what I mean? And I believe that we're all teachers and students. Mm. So that's my end game is to help everyone unlock and get to the place where they can receive their own information. And they don't have to Google it anymore. They just have to look within. In your opinion, everybody has the ability to do what you can do? Absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah. Do you still get visits from aliens from time to time? When was the last one that you had? Yeah, absolutely. So um, pretty much all the time. uh, (laughs) We've got a beautiful property here in the middle of nowhere, Ontario. This past summer, actually, I've had two really close encounters with uh, UFOs. No physical abductions this summer, uh, but many abductions along the way. And every month, I actually go and I remote view to the mothership that is the Galactic Federation mothership that hangs out in the solar system. And I'll ask them questions for humanity. What's going on? What do we need to know? What are the agendas? How do we best prepare? And I used to do this all the time just myself to gain access to information. I would go to different beings, different councils, and ask them questions. And people were so interested in what I was doing that I now do these publicly and I bring in thousands of people from all over the world and I will live on the spot channel the Galactic Federation and different members, different beings, different positions that they hold up there, different councils that they they work on and they'll bring through messages for humanity and I'll relay those messages on the spot. So it's called the Galactic Federation Summit and it happens on the 11th of every month it's for me anyway, I always learn something new. I always feel refreshed. I feel aligned. I feel prepared. I feel in the know. You know, that is my source of information. And I feel so grateful that other people are also interested in these questions and these responses and these perspectives. And we have to keep in mind that interdimensional beings are not gods. They're not the end all to be all of knowledge and information, um, but they do have kind of a bird's eye view of what's happening, you know, season 2022 of, uh, <laughs> of planet Earth, you know, sort of thing. So I think it's it's really cool that I get to share that with other people. And you're invited. Hey, if you if you want to join, come on in. <laughs> I'm r- ripe for the picking. Like I said, awesome. it's interesting because they just had the congressional hearings on UAPs or what they call them now, unidentified uh, yep. Aerial, was it UAP? Phenomena? Or, phenomena. That's, yeah, I don't know if And according to some people in the know, it's because they're getting ready to let everybody know that this is real and they're going to be part of our society. Do you agree with that? And do you have any feelings about will they ever reveal themselves to the average, you know, Joe on the street? Yeah, great question. So I definitely think disclosure is in our lifetime, without a doubt. Hmm. And I'm not talking about government disclosure because I roll, you know, every couple of years, <laughs> it's a new 1940s dot in the sky video. Right. <laughs> I'm talking about like real cosmic disclosure from them, I believe is going to happen in our lifetime. There are so many different timelines of when it's going to happen. But I think that disclosure from governments in general, and we've had quite a bit of disclosure in the past couple of years, which is awesome, and declassified documents and things like that. But I really feel like disclosure from our governments is going to 
lessen the blow and open people's minds up to the possibilities. And when our minds are open to the possibilities, once again, that's when humanity as a whole is ready for contact in an open and loving way rather than a get your nukes out type of way. It's amazing talking to you. You're absolutely fascinating. I love on your website, EA, obviously your initials, but also expand and awaken, something that we can all do. But amazing talking to you. This This is some very, very cool, interesting stuff. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on. Fellow Canadian, eh? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Elizabeth.